0: Hey guys, thank you for joining us for another episode of The Need War. This week, Nick and I are getting into some guidance and some ragtime for New York, Stemming company. So sit back, grab your drinks, and we hope you enjoy the show. Alright, and we're live, baby. Well...
1: All right, welcome back to the Neat Pour. Was
0: that your church voice? I mean, it is Sunday. Is that your pastor
1: voice? Nick is here, Shalonda's is here. I told you about the guy who ne- who uh, married my my folks. He had a very pastor name. You remember his name?
0: No. I was I, don't. I
1: was channeling him. Uh, it's probably Elroy or something. Elroy. Um
0: Uncle Elroy.
1: Nick is here, Shalonda's is here. Welcome back It's the Neat Pour, Shalonda. We got a fun episode. Um we got two whiskeys that uh that I'm excited to talk about. Uh Guidance mm-hmm. Whiskey, all right? And uh a rad time rye single barrel from uh New York Distilling uh single barrel selected by none other than Mr. Garrett Oliver. So, you know,
0: he's like my beer idol.
1: Yeah, I mean um you know, he's a, I think he's a guy that we both met uh the longtime uh brewmaster over at Brooklyn Brewery. Mm-hmm. Um he hooked up with a crew in Williamsburg. Uh, that's where Brooklyn Brewery is in Williamsburg. Uh to create uh a a, a bourbon or a rye whiskey. As a fundraiser for the Michael Jackson Distilling Institute, which is a a nonprofit that's training black folks on how to distill and make beer. So, yeah. Um, so shout out to Michael Jackson. This is a Michael Jackson weekend.
0: <laughs>
1: Not that Michael Jackson. Um, Michael Jackson, the, am I too close? You're a little too close. All right. You know, I need my own microphone and the Apple Beer Chick Well, studio. this one
0: does not allow it because it's just so dynamic. So you your ass has to hurt and you gotta deal with it, buddy. dynamic.
1: Michael Jackson, the, <laughs> the beer hunter, okay. Is uh is a British fellow who was known for to write as many books about whiskey as he did about beer. Mm-hmm. So Michael Jackson, um you know he was uh he was an ambassador for beer styles this whole concept of defining beer styles really came from him you know he was uh, uh he was a, a key proponent to the uh to the the big english uh um, english beer festival mm-hmm. the great british beer festival and he actually talked Charlie Papazian into creating uh America's uh largest oldest craft beer festival which is the Great American Beer Fest okay so we owed a lot of that to Michael Jackson. Um, but, I don't know
0: why keep want to say hee hee I know it's not that same. Michael I can't
1: Jackson. believe you don't know the Michael Jackson the I- Beer Hunter.
0: I do know Michael Jackson Beer <laughs> Hunter, okay? I'm just saying, but whenever I hear the name, I want to break out in either the Moonwalk or the hee
1: hee Yeah. I think uh, Good Beer Hunting kind of acknowledged that, you know, his the title of his, his website was kind of an ode to Michael Jackson. Um, when I was in Beer FX, we did a, a screening of the documentary, The Beer Hunter. But mm-hmm. I think, I, th- I think, when we approach this show, right, we both have this pretty heavy beer background, you know, this idea that, well, whiskey starts as literally distiller's beer. So these worlds are intertwined and 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 we try we, we take that liberty of just exploring those connections between whiskey and beer. And we've talked in the past about being in Chicago and how barrel beers is a huge part of the culture up here. And exploring the source whiskey is a result of that. But I think Michael Jackson kind of embodies those things. And it's cool that we're talking about this whiskey that's uh, fundraising for Michael Jackson, uh, the Gary Dollar Initiative, uh, during Michael Jackson week. Uh, Michael Jackson Day, because his birthday was March 27th. So we're recording that around you this know,
0: time. You know, a lot of my I was born in March. I'm just saying.
1: March 27th.
0: It still so. is March, I mean, including myself 312 day. I have the, the most epic birthday there is. Just, it's the area
1: code for Chicago 312. 312. It's epic, yeah.
0: Um, I was born into greatness.
1: We got guidance whiskey on the show. Um, guidance is an 80 proof whiskey, Shalonda.
0: I know.
1: So now you're talking uh, guidance whiskey. The fella, we were watching a ton of guidance stuff, and it was fun to see. On the YouTube channel, just a bunch of old school throwback, like video promos for guidance. You know, uh, this guy, uh, uh, Jason Ridgel, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from Alabama by way of Tennessee.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, shout out to the Black Beer Experience, the Swig. You know, yeah, the be- Swig
0: podcast that we were on. They, um, Shanny, she recommended the guidance. Yeah. So it was a good call. Thank you, Shanny. If you're listening to this, you rock, girl.
1: Yeah, man. And that's how it got on our radar. So we decided to take it for a spin. It's uh, guidance is um he's a Tennessee state grad, HBCU. And then guidance is a two year whiskey, 80 proof, distilled in Iowa. So he's up there. It's not like uh it's not a sourcing or it's not contracting. He's actually working with Iowa Distillery to create a recipe to fit his profile because he didn't really like the hug that he got in whiskeys, the burn. Mm-hmm. At the heat that he got in whiskeys, so he wanted to create a, a small profile uh, based on that. Okay. So that's where we are with the uh, with the guidance. Um, I was kind of impressed by his whole his whole philosophy, right? He's like, "Hey, you know, there's not a lot of black spears producers, you know, and we want to we kind of want to be, you know, a beacon for that kind of activity in the market, but then also, you know, we want to make a, a full flavored product." that's uh that's really small because this is all about conversation and gatherings and it gets it want something to just complement what you're doing and get out of the way and not dominate the conversation you know cuz when i think 80% 80 proof whiskey i think you know shit the 70s and the, the 70s and the 80s when you know they were trying to make whiskeys that were smaller and proof because vodka was all the rage you know
0: and, let me tell y'all about this whiskey okay so it's really light um, the smell has a very s- sweet floral smell. And then the notes the taste like it, it's 80 proof. There's no burn, maybe just a little, just a little spice at the end. Um, but I'm digging this. This is my jam because sometimes you don't want the, <laughs> that, that large, robust whiskey. You just want something you can, uh, you know, sip on. And I was really surprised with, cause we were watching the YouTube I mean, we're looking at all the cocktails being made. And, you know, I hadn't made a cocktail in so long for the Need for a Podcast, which this one will be up. And I decided to um, make a couple of cocktails out of it. It's a very easy sipper by itself, but it also makes amazing cocktails. So this will definitely be a staple on the bar.
1: Yeah, I think um, 80 proof, you, you can have, you can interpret that in a lot of different ways. It, you know, it's not watered down. It's small. It's small, but it's not watered down. I think that that distinction needs to be made, right? Because it can be a small whiskey with big flavor and just a smaller proof and shit just in general, right? Like every time lately I well, I drank a mathlete earlier a small ipa from fucking ryan guys i've been drinking 312 shandies that's a four percent beer you know we you know with the lockdown we're drinking more often we're drinking smaller so this kind of fits my current lifestyle i think that's why i'm kind of excited about it and then also it's got a lot um there's a lot going on it's um you know like shalonda was saying but then there's like vanillas right those classic vanillas and then we talked about sweet tea
0: yeah, you I know, was trying how to. It
1: felt like it felt like um, it almost felt like a, a sweet tea flavor in there.
0: I was trying to figure out um, the brand that I used to drink drink all the time. It was Pure Leaf. I would get the extra sweetened tea, and this reminds you of that, but it's not like crazy sweet. It's like a little boozy uh, iced tea type drink, almost like a Long Island in a sense, in the bottle by itself. But yeah, it's very. Um, this shit is good. <laughs> it's
1: fun, man. There's a slight nuttiness to it. There's, um, you know, it's. I think it's 88% corn and like 10% rye. Um, there's a little bit of spice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's faint hints of like, you know, maybe peanut shell, right? Just kind of a slight nuttiness. Peanut shell? I get a little bit of nuttiness. What is I'm going to say more
0: almond. What is that like, I'm going to say like an almond. Because almond has like a sweet, nutty taste.
1: Yeah, it's it's very faint. And yeah. then I think um, without those things, then you would literally just have a boozy tea. But it's got these other flavors that just kind of make it interesting and fun and mm-hmm. light and drinkable and cool. So um, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Um, what else do we know about this about this guidance whiskey?
0: He makes amazing YouTube commercials. <laughs> yeah, uh, you should go
1: check out his YouTube channel. Um, and then I think him being, you know, he went to an HBCU, so he really wants to introduce you to other products.
0: Wait, what was the distributing company, Legacy, which was, was Tennessee's uh
1: black owned
0: Black-owned distributing company? Yeah, think- that was that was dope because
1: that's the only one in Tennessee. That's the
0: only one in Tennessee I have never really heard of a black owned distributing company so this was dope to hear about that so shouts out to Legacy Distributing.
1: Yeah and i tell you something um, I went to uh, when you look it up there's like 20 over 20 um, distilleries in Iowa so mm-hmm. I'm like well how the hell do they end up in Iowa and Iowa has got their own uh, distillery trail that's got 19 distilleries on it so there's a ton of distilleries in
0: Iowa I feel the road trip needs to happen Yeah.
1: Um, so I don't know where this was made, but you know there is there is a lot of corn in Iowa. So I mean, honestly, it kind of makes sense, right? So um, that's what we know about Guidance. Uh, cheers to you know Nashville, and you know this uh, this crew that's making this this whiskey. They've got uh, you can go to their website. They make uh, co- there's coffee infused with whiskey. There's cigars. Um, there's a full a full a full merchandise extravaganza over there at Guidance.
0: Show. Full extravaganza. So we can't use that word because this that word that we're not allowed to use on the show fits perfectly with describing the texture, mm-hmm. the drinkability of this whiskey. I'm gonna say it.
1: Um, I wonder why it's called whiskey and not bourbon.
0: He won't say it because uh, did he say something about the honey?
1: No, honeycomb was like a crew they were working with, okay, it was like okay, a production okay. crew. Um. So we're we're enjoying that on the show today. And then we're also enjoying a whiskey that uh, I'm just excited that has Garrett Oliver's face on it.
0: Yahoo, Garrett! (laughs) Shouts out, Garrett Oliver. (laughs)
1: Uh, Ragtime Rye, New York Straight uh, Rye Whiskey. This was a single barrel. So this is cash strength, 112 proof. So
0: Nick um, didn't want to open it up because he wanted to... Cause it had Garrett Oliver's picture. Yeah,
1: you know, it was, a, it was a Black History. It was introduced in Black History Month for, and it was a fundraiser for the uh, for the for the. Uh, I gotta slow down here on these whiskeys. Yeah,
0: for, because for you've the, been drinking
1: uh, for for his initiative, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Just for getting more people, just for getting more non-white people in the space. He's been well. Brooklyn opened in 1988, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: what we saw in uh, Spike Lee's classic "Do the Right Thing." That Brooklyn Brewery is was one of the the Brooklyn Lager is one of the uh, is one of the options at the liquor store and do the right thing. So that had to you know for him to do that the year they came out is pretty cool. But then uh, Garrett has always been, you know, I don't think there's a thing as beer as a beer superstar or beer rock star. But if there was,
0: it totally is. I think
1: it would be him. But I don't believe him
0: and Celeste Beatty. I'm, yes, it is.
1: You know, if for people who are into that sort of, you know, those sort of, uh, those sort of names, those sort of titles, I Gary Garrett would be that. So uh, we wanted to check out the Ragtime Rye from uh, from who is this crew? New York Distilling. Uh,
0: this one, um, it actually caught me off guard because at first I I got a lot of sweetness, and then when I tasted, it, I was like, damn! It kind of threw me back because it kind <clears> of <throat> hit me the way the Stag Junior did.
1: There's a um there's a, a nice bouquet of different types of botan- botanicals that jump out at you. Is that what you mean by that?
0: Mm, not really. More what like.
1: do you mean by that then?
0: You mean as far as the smell? No, for the taste. Oh, for the taste. It was just like a lot of spice. It just like that that hug just kind of hit me in the back of the throat. So when it happened was when I was smelling it at first, then too, you know, I don't know if it was a mixture of everything else that I had been drinking, but I was getting a lot of sweetness and I didn't expect This one to be as big as it is in taste I mean, I I get this 112, but you know
1: Yeah, I enjoy this one a lot Um, You know, licorice There's there's fruit, but it comes off to me It comes off more like a bitter um, strawberry Than it does like the typical like big lemon or citrus notes Um, You know, it's a little minty And then um, I get a little bit of like uh, Herbaceousness in the way of like licorice almost For me when I drink this So I really like it a lot um, and a lot of rye, you know, we've been talking about rye whiskeys and how, you know, and stop us if you heard this before, but you know, you know, rye whiskeys kind of made a resurgence because of the way they stand up in cocktails. So in the 90s and early 2000s, you know, a lot of big producers started making rye again, you know, because, you know, cocktails, cocktail bars are on the rise. But, you know, rye isn't something that necessarily grows in Kentucky. So even when we do like a Mictors episode, you know, or we talk about, um, you know, the history of bourbon and how, you know, the state of Kentucky was in 1792. All the bourbon made before that in this country was made and it was mostly rye and it was made up in, uh, you know, Pennsylvania and, and, and New York because that's where rye grew. You know, even when you make uh, these ryes from Kentucky, they'll tell you they get their rye from like the Montana's. You know, rye's not something indigenous to Kentucky. Um, but some of the very first whiskeys made in this country were rye whiskeys. So it's been a style that we've embraced uh, for a long time. You know, so I'm excited to uh, learn about a, a craft distiller that's, um, you know, they've got a bar in Williamsburg at their facility. And I think there's a New York state law. They were saying that um if 75 percent of your products are made in the state of uh, New York, then you can then you can have your you can have a, a, a bar license in your distillery. And it's the ragtime, right, even though they don't. It's their top selling product, probably, but they have so much of it because they keep it in an upstate New York warehouse. They have so much of it that they qualify for a bar on site mm-hmm. at their at their at their distillery. So I think that's pretty cool. Hey,
0: Nick, always stay dropping with the facts.
1: Yeah, man. Not a lot going on in news this week. Um, shout out to uh, Jim Beam. They celebrate 225 years. In business this year, um, we posted the uh, Heaven Hill episode last week. Uh, it was Parker's Heritage versus Elijah Craig, and then you know the first six master distillers at uh, Heaven Hill, where those mm-hmm. products are made, were all members of the Beam family. They were Jim, they were Jim Beam family members, which is kind of funny. I don't think I actually knew that. So um, nothing in the way of news this week, but. Yeah, I think that's it, man. I would say if you can find these products, and you can, if you go to guidancewhiskey dot um, com, if you want something fun and small but has big flavor, I would say go to guidancewhiskey.com, dot com, mm-hmm. uh, support black business, and uh, take this eighty proof two year whiskey for a spin, and really let it open your perception up about what uh, two year whiskey can be, and you know. Don't get confused on these smaller proofs, man, because if you look at uh, shit, Jack Daniels is an 80 proof whiskey. Fucking the aforementioned Jim Beam White Label is 80 proof. Uh Evan Williams, the top selling whiskey in the country is 86 proof. Right. I mean, this is still a proof point. That's a good entry level for people who have never really had whiskey or don't really consider whiskey something they would like. And then also, if you're someone like us, well, you know. You know, we drink quite a bit of whiskey and you know, we have a fucking whiskey podcast. Even somebody for us, you know, the smaller profile is and the and the nuanced flavors, you know, the delicate nature of it, you know, it kind of reminds you a little bit of um, you know, like those Irish whiskeys that are really small in ABV but have a lot of flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of reminds me. It puts me in that frame, but with classic whiskey flavors that I like. So Bam.
0: There it is. All right, so we're out of news and we out of here. So, Nick, where can they find you at individually?
1: I'm on Twitter at Nicosia.
0: And you know, you can catch me at AfroBitch on all the social medias and collectively, The Need Poor. And check us out on NeedPoor.com. So, until then, you guys, peace out.